Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. What a night that would have been. Can you imagine those shepherds on the night Jesus was born? They're going about their business, watching over the sheep at night. Pretty mundane, pretty boring. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears to them and announces the birth of the awaited Savior. This was amazing to these shepherds. And they are excited, and they hurry off to find this baby of promise who was lying in a manger literally lying in a feeding trough for animals. I wonder, in all of this excitement, did these shepherds ever think, what kind of place is this for the Savior, the Messiah, the King to be born? But Scripture tells us there was no room in the inn. Please read with me Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, tradition has it, Mary and Joseph were traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Mary went into labor on their journey, so they stopped at some kind of inn, something like a hotel. But the inn was full, and the innkeeper had no compassion on a woman in labor. The innkeeper told them, go away, no room here. So Mary and Joseph were forced to find a nearby barn or stable. Now this tradition has been handed down for centuries When we look to the scripture, we don't ever read that Jesus was born in a stable. We read that he was laid in a manger. This idea that he was born in a stable is an assumption because of the mangers. Mangers are certainly found in stables, but could it be possible that the manger wasn't in a stable? Now, I'm not looking to shatter your nativity scenes tonight. But you know what's really important is who's represented in the nativity. But there is some debate amongst biblical scholars as to the actual structure that the manger was located in. Some say it was a barn or stable. Some say it was a cave. And some say it was a lower level of a house. The house may have looked like the house that you see up on the screen. There were homes in Bethlehem that were built with a lower and an upper level. And the lower level uh, housed tools, household supplies, and it was also the place where the animals were brought in for shelter at night. I kind of think of it like our garages. 
Archaeologists and historians have noted after excavations of ancient homes that the living, the dining, and the guest area of some of the homes was in the upper part of the house. There's good reason to believe that Mary gave birth to Jesus in the lower part of the house, the part where the animals stayed at night. And of course, since animals were there, there would be a manger. We read in verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The word in here is translated from a Greek word, katalama. In Greek language, this word was used to mean guest room, guest chamber, lodging quarters, or upper room. It is the same word that Jesus used in describing the word in the room where the Last Supper would take place, which was an upper room of a private house. Now, it's also interesting that Luke used a completely different word to describe the hotel type in that the Good Samaritan brought the injured man to. Luke's use of two different words suggests Joseph and Mary weren't turned away from an innkeeper who had a full hotel. It suggests that they were turned away from the upper part of the house. Instead of being offered the guest area, they were given a lower level, a spot in that lower level where the animals stayed because there was no room in the katalama, the upper room, the guest area. We read that all needed to go to their own towns in order to be taxed. Bethlehem would have been the town of Joseph's ancestry. He likely had family there, connections, and was planning to stay with them, or at least hoping to. At the time of census, we can imagine homes were getting filled up with relatives coming into town to be counted. Hospitality and an open house for guests was the custom of this time. Now, this really wasn't in the days where Joseph could call ahead and say, hey, cuz, save me a good spot. Mary's going to have birth soon. By the time they get there, it seems there's no room in the upper part of the house. The only room left is the lower level with the animals. Now, one would think that if you were looking at a pregnant woman, you would say, well, I'll trade with you. I'll give you my spot. If one of your relatives showed up at your house who was soon to give birth, how many of you would send her to your garage or your shed or your dog's house? I know a lot of you here. You are good, hospitable people. And I think you would open up the best place in your house, even if it meant you sleeping in the garage. You don't want to be tested on that, do you? (laughs) Back some years ago, we lived in a house just off of 696 and 994, and it really seemed like we were just a convenient spot for people to use our house as a rest stop. There were times I would hear knocking at the door, and I would open the door to see a familiar face, and I was glad to have company. I like company. Only to hear, I need to use your restroom. And this actually happened often. Our most memorable uh, stop was a relative on Pat's side of the family. She was driving along 696, and she went into labor. And being close to our house, she showed up at our door knocking, looking for a comfortable place to lay down. And of course, she was welcome. She came into our living room. She laid down on our overstuffed, comfy sofa. 
And as it turned out, she was able to get to the hospital for the baby to be delivered. But I can't even imagine when she showed up, sending her to the garage or somewhere dirty or somewhere uncomfortable. But in essence, this is what happened to Mary. Mary wasn't given the best place to to give birth. She wasn't given the best accommodations. She was sent to the place where the animal stayed. And after giving birth, she laid baby Jesus in a manger because there was no room in the inn. No room in the upper part of the house, the guest part, the katalama. Whether it was an innkeeper who sent her away to a stable or a cave or a relative in the upper area of the house who sent her to stay with the animals, or even another scenario, there was someone who didn't make room. What if Joseph and Mary showed up at our house today and we knew that the baby Mary was going to give birth to was going to be our savior? What if we knew that this baby would grow up to die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins? What if we knew that the child that she was carrying was the only way to eternal life? Would we make room? I expect that any of us would roll out the red carpet for them. We would do our best to treat them like royalty. We would feel so honored that the king of kings would come into our house. I don't think any of us would say, there's no room here, sorry. We would make room. We would find room. We would never say, well, the best I can offer you is my garage or my shed or my dog's house. I think we'd be saying, welcome. My house is your house. Come in. Please come in. It's an honor to have you in my house. It's a privilege to have you in my house. It is my joy because you deserve the best place in my house because you are my savior. You are my king. And you are the one who sacrificed your life for me. Tonight, as we take time to celebrate and remember the birth of our Savior, does King Jesus know he's welcome in your house? Does he know your doors are wide open to him? Does he have an open invitation to come in and live in the best place in your house? In other words, does he have an invitation to live at the center of your heart, at the center of your life. Or maybe you filled your life and your heart with so many other things that you don't have room for him. Or maybe the cares of life have blocked that door and you're tired, you're weary, and you're distracted. And you're really having a hard time seeing Jesus as king in your life. You're seeing him still as a baby in a manger. He wants us to know he didn't stay in that manger. He walked the earth and he went about his father's business. He willingly went to a cross to pay for our sins. But he didn't stay on that cross either. He conquered the grave and he resurrected as king of kings so that we too could resurrect. And he wants to dwell and he wants to reign in our hearts today and forever. This life is temporary His kingdom is eternal, and he wants us to be with him forever. That's why he came to this earth. Do you have room for King Jesus in your heart tonight? Psalm 24, 9 and 10 encourages us. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. 
Who is he? This king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. The king of glory. King Jesus wants to come into our hearts fully and completely. And he promises eternal life for those who make room in their hearts for him. But he doesn't force his way in. He stands at the door and knocks. Jesus tells us in Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. A picture here of Jesus wanting to be at the center of our house, of our life, and of our hearts. Let's be careful to open that door and welcome him in. Let's not leave him on that porch. When we open that door and make room in our hearts for him, he gives us an open house invitation to his father's house. His father's house is eternal, and it's open to all who invite Jesus into their heart as Savior. Because Jesus didn't stay in that manger. He was born to die to save us from our sins. That is Christmas. Before Jesus went to the cross, he wanted to leave his disciples with words of comfort. He knew the days ahead were going to be hard, and he wanted to make sure that they kept faith in him no matter what they faced so that he would see them again. And he gave them a beautiful promise. He said to them in John 14, 2 and 3, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. His father's house has rooms waiting for those who make room in their hearts for Jesus. Make room for him tonight. Are you going to open up the best, the best place for the king of glory? Will you roll out the red carpet, not just tonight, every day of your life, every day? Will you make room in the best place, the center place, your heart? And that is what Jesus would ask of us, that we would make room for him. We're going to meditate on that. We're going to meditate on that. I'm going to ask you to just look inside tonight as we take time to light up this room with candles and think about, have you let in Jesus, the light of life? So I'm going to start. I'm going to light my candle and take this and pass it on because that's another thing that Jesus has asked us to do. We don't want to share a room and then close the door. No, we want others to know about the great and glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, gave his life so that we might have eternal life. So we're going to move this flame. And 
as you have your candle lit, let's just take a minute or two to really contemplate it. Ask yourself, have you really opened up to Jesus? And then we're going to sing Silent Night. It's a beautiful, beautiful contemplative song about the night that Christ was born. And it's fitting tonight that as we sing Silent Night, it's the 200th anniversary of this song. It was in December of 1818 that Father Joseph Moore, he was a a young priest. He was serving uh, within the St. Nicholas Parish, and he needed a song, but his organ was broken. So he requested a man named Francis Gruber, the church organist, to compose music for a poem that Father Nicholas had previously written. Well, Franz Gruber ended up composing the most beautiful of Christmas songs. The most beautiful song of all time. And that song is Silent Night. Tonight as we mark the 200th anniversary of Silent Night, as we sing this song and candle it, ask yourself, have you opened up, made room for the light of life in your heart? Do you have room for him this evening? For those of you that have your candle already lit, just take a minute and consider it. together as we sing this beautiful song about our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a beautiful sight it is to see just the candlelights. It's gorgeous. And let it remind you, let it remind you of the light that Jesus Christ brought into this world, the light of life. And may you have an open room for him in your heart every single day. Let's, uh, I'd love to keep these lit all. I'd love to keep, keep them lit for a long time, all night, but we have to extinguish them. And we want to leave on a high note with joy in our heart. Yeah, because our Lord and our Savior He died for us. He opened up an open place for us, his home eternally in heaven. And he's just asked us to invite him in 
to our home here on earth, this heart of ours. I want to say thank you to Pastor Julie for that beautiful message that she brought to us tonight. It really, to me, just tied together the entire month that we've been talking about, the open house. And let's leave singing joy to the world, joy to the world. And let's leave here on a high bar, a high note, go out to our families, our friends, our relatives, wherever you might be going tonight and share the love of Jesus who wants to be in your heart and opens a way for you eternally. 